This is Hell to Japan with a couple of foreigners who are going to talk to you about another topic. So, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Are you Are you drinking anything? I have. Uh, I I got some shochu with uh, uh, cut with uh, seltzer water. Oh, very sophisticated. I'm so sophisticated. Yeah, I. I've got my low carb beer. Hey. Oh, for those of for those listeners who are wondering what low carb beer is, it's basically like I said, low carb, but it's uh the one that I find most uh in line with the keto diet is this uh beer called Asahi Style Free. So next time you're in Japan, try out the Asahi Style Free and not feel guilty about about the beer that you're drinking. Very low carb. It's like about point... What is it? Let me just take a, take a look here. Point 0.1 to point zero seven grams. I don't know why there's a variation there. Don't ask me why. But yeah, that's the variation. Humans ain't perfect. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Much like the topic that we're talking about tonight. Oh dear. Neighbors. 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 That's where, so where we are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to. I want to start off by asking you. Okay. Do do it. What makes a perfect neighbor? Uh, that's a hackneyed question, isn't it? Would it be Would it be common <laughs> values, or an appreciation of uh, you know enlightenment values, or what about just like common fucking kindness and compassion, decency, and a, a healthy belief in Jesus Christ. Well, I think you've just uh, shunned uh, other listeners who uh, are either atheists or Muslims or uh, Jews or many other different religions, and, and our Scientology listeners are now turning off. They're, 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 well, my, well my belief is this. This is my belief, is that there's one mountain, and we're all on the same mountain climbing up the same, same mountain. We're all taking different trails, and you could say you're Muslim— but you're still headed to Jesus. Yeah, you have offended quite a number of uh, potential <laughs> listeners. And uh, <laughs> no matter what you think, Jesus will save you. Yeah. With the help of Allah. Well, Allah <laughs> has his hand in certain things. But Allah is just, you know, God. As soon as you say just... <laughs> would you just say he's just he's just uh just a did you say god just 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 a god he's, he's like zeus just, like zeus like, and uh and jesus yeah yeah i think that if you believe in jesus if you believe in allah you believe in jesus if you are buddhist you believe in jesus if you're hindu Jesus. Yeah, I I think non-Christians might have something to say to you about that. But I don't that's think <laughs> anyone is non-Christian. <laughs> there is there's no such thing. Imagine imagine if you had a neighbor who was like a a Mormon and mm-hmm. and he or she did the rounds or you know you you knew that this person was or, or Jehovah's witness. Okay. Actually, no, not Mormon, because Mormons are pretty pretty decent people. In fact, Utah, if I ever lived in America, I think Utah, from what I've heard, is an amazing place. People okay. are very kind and decent, even though it's a, it's a rubbish religion. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the people themselves are actually really, really nice, nice, nice yeah. neighbors to have. Whereas Jehovah's Witnesses, I wonder what it would be like to live next to a Jehovah's Witness who is going door to door to other places, yet they're your neighbor— so, how does that how does that work? If you're if you're a neighbor with a Jehovah's Witness, do you often uh, talk? Would you talk? I mean, would you just <laughs> rush home and try to avoid avoid this fucking person? Does he get I home before you before I have a conversation to you about the fucking the, the good the good word? I think there's just so many rules for Jehovah's Witnesses to follow that you wouldn't really they wouldn't really come across as I don't think they would be trying to proselytize to you. 
if they were your neighbor. Is that right? I, yeah, I think they're just probably they'll keep to themselves. I had friend, I had classmates in high school who were Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, well, it was just one girl, and she was nice, and she seemed, you know, stable or whatever the hell. But um, th- there isn't much for them to really do because there's no celebration, so they're not gonna be noisy. And they're probably not going to be all that annoying because they just keep to themselves. It, aside from when they are doing the God's work and going out and talking to people. But they do this occasionally, they do the rounds and they knock on your door. You don't have Jehovah's Witnesses in New Zealand? Oh, we do. Oh, you do? Yeah. I invited uh, one in for a cup well, of tea. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. How and, old were uh, you? You, you? I think I was maybe... I think 11. Oh, no, no, no. I was like maybe 12, 13. Yeah. Got insane. back from school and uh, yeah. had someone come in the door and invited them in. And I told my parents about it and they were livid. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. Letting a stranger. Why would you house? invite like this? I was like, no, no, no. But I learned a lot. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I remember <laughs> just uh, arguing with him about like, listen, because his main contention, I don't know if it's changed since, but. This guy's contention was that if we all followed the gospel, then we'd be living in paradise where we'd all live forever. And mm-hmm. I said, well, that doesn't make sense because if we all live forever, the earth's resources wouldn't be able to sustain life. Mm-hmm. That's why we die to, you know, we've... He's like, no, no, God finds a way. I was like, ah, oh, what mm-hmm. a cop-out. Even at like 12, yeah. I thought, what <laughs> a fuck... Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh... You know, I but I think the Mormons they do that, and I remember being really uh, standoffish to Mormons when I in my early twenties walking down the street one day in San Francisco, and they some guys in ties approached me, and I look back on that, and they're just you know, it's just what they, they just want to talk, you know. Oh. Have you met any Jehovah's Witnesses here in Japan? No, but in New York City, I met a Japanese Jehovah's Witness. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. Actually, I have seen Jehovah's Witnesses, or not Jehovah's Witnesses, probably Mormons. I've seen Mormons, and that's what it was. It, she was a Japanese Mormon, which totally was, I was just like, how did this this ridiculous religion jump an ocean? I just couldn't understand that. It didn't make any sense to me. But uh, she was from Japan. She became a Mormon in Japan, and then she came to America, and she was on vacation or something like that. I was like, what the hell? In Japan, I've had one instance. I was living in uh, Ogikubo mm-hmm. at the time, and I had a, it was a door, uh, someone at the door, doorbell rang. I opened it, and I was greeted by this old woman who started speaking Japanese to me. Mm-hmm. And and I said, ah, gomenasai, sorry, no, uh, no Japanese. And then another young woman pops her head out from mm-hmm. the side. She said, oh, don't worry, I speak, I speak English. Ah, shit. And I thought, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, we're here to talk to you about. Uh, do you know Jehovah's Witnesses? And uh, we want to talk to you about this, and they're handing me this pamphlet. I was, oh yeah, no, no, I'm um, no, I'm f- I'm I'm familiar with you, with you lot, and uh, mm. I'm, I thought I'd left I'm you good. behind coming to yeah. Japan, but obviously not. But anyway, I got things I got to do, so I'm gonna have to cut this short. Like, oh no, no, before you go, and, I, and they're like just trying to hand me these pamphlet, these pamphlets, and so I took the pamphlets and I said, well, thank you very much. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this religiously. Mm. later tonight but i've got other things on my schedule but thank you very much for stopping by and i just quickly shut the door Mm. yeah you know i got one of those things where i I was living in omiya at the time and i was on the first floor of an apartment and i was out on the veranda uh i don't know putting air in the tires of my bicycle or some shit like that and um these two people, Japanese people came up to me and i was on my veranda i was like i don't know where to go i can't escape they weren't Jehovah's Witnesses. They were uh, from a Buddhist sect of Nichiren. And they got me into this long conversation. 
I think part of me, you know, when I get into these situations, part of me just wants to practice Japanese. So I'm using them as much as they're using me at times. I think <laughs> I'm just That's like, right. I, you know, I want to see how far I can get into a, a conversation about religion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, with two random strangers who want to right. bring me to their temple or whatever the hell. And uh, yeah. they, you know, we had a long time and then I, they gave me some booklet on Nichiren and I went in my house and I think they tried to accost me a few more times and then they slowly walked, you know, left me alone after that. But, you know, that's neighborhoods, especially, I don't know. Was this before or after the cult, the cult adventure? Uh, this was right around the same time. Oh, really? <laughs> maybe, maybe you're just signaling. You're signaling weird. to people that you're just a yeah, 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 yeah. You're just one of those people, like easily, yeah. like susceptible. <laughs> I, I was like the neighborhood was so cute and quaint, and I guess it was, it suffered from sort of some sort of uh, the the atmosphere. Although it was cute and quaint, uh, allowed this kind of religious fervor or religious. Mm air to develop and so you know in that neighborhood if you walk if i walked about 10 minutes away from my house that nichiren buddhist place so, sounds there. like the wicker man yeah. <laughs> with nicholas cage yeah i mean the new one the newer one not the older one the older one is pretty mm. good but the newer one, nicholas cage goes mm. to that fucking island and uh, uh yeah doesn't doesn't end out doesn't end well for him yeah I think, and actually my neighbor at that place, she was totally into like Indian religion and yoga. And we'd, we'd stand outside of the house talking about yoga and shit like that for, for a while. She was Japanese woman, very, very svelte lady. And she would talk about a million miles a minute. Again, halfway interested in the religion, but at the same time wanted to practice how far I could get into a conversation about religion in Japanese with a woman who spoke a million miles a minute, you know? Mm. So it was like, I'm always on these, on this weird path of trying to see how far I can get through conversations one-on-one -on -one with people, of various accents and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in that case, over the course of four years, I, I'm, and actually the one foreigner who lived in the neighborhood that I became friendly with he was he called himself a, a buddhist and but he was really on the stories and the faith of it like i, I think buddhism is interesting on a philosophical spectrum but the religious as aspects i don't really jive with that much but he was totally into all the the, the stories and mm. buddhism and i was just like okay it was weird you know it's like i you don't really think of japan as being such a a religious place because generally speaking people keep those things to themselves but it's just but i guess it's just the the saying you know that it's a it's, it's a, a noisy minority you know a noisy minority yeah yeah, yeah. uh and, and i think in omiya there was that kind of dynamic going on but it wasn't omiya station it was a little bit north is the smaller station I just had all those weird experiences. But, the, you know, the the contrast to that was near my house, there was this little office and there was always these women in it. And it was cute. It was like I said, it's a cute little neighborhood. It was a brick building, maybe three or four stories high. But on the second and third floors are apartments. And my wife and I we would walk by it every day on the station. I think maybe maybe you could work there. It seems like there's a lot of women there. And then we discovered that uh, it was a. Uh, prostitution company wow oh like an escort service yeah so they would sit in there because on the other side of the station there were love hotels so they were just sitting there uh, waiting for people to call them up so they could walk across the tracks and go over to the love hotels right right random people so once we found that out i said maybe you shouldn't work at that place hmm. sounds maybe like an interesting neighbor to have though yeah, it's uh one of those kind of weird dynamics because they were right there. There was the prostitution escort service, and across the street was the weird culty guy. My neighbor was uh totally into yoga, 
And the only Gaijin neighbor that I knew of was totally into Buddhism. So I had all this religious fervor around me in this in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But the, I don't know if that's w- a bad or good. I guess I had bad experiences and then just neutral experiences. But I think it's something that maybe most foreigners wouldn't really come across that much in their neighborly experiences. But I think it's. Uh, I, mean, I think we've got to take a step back and look at mm-hmm. neighbors in general, and also whether you're living in an urban mm-hmm. area or or a rural area. I think uh-huh. where do neighbors have the biggest impact on you? I because think, uh, I, uh, I I I both like and hate the concept of neighbors. Uh-huh. I like I like that they're there to help you, if yeah. um, you know something um, suspicious is going on near my near my place you know they're there to look out for me um but i but i hate that there's gossip as well if you're living in a rural area neighbors Uh are up in your up in your fucking shit they're there to like spread rumors which you don't know if you're not on good terms with them Mm. you've got to play the game of of local politics so so i think that's a great thing about where i'm I'm living in a city in Mm. a mansion as i've already said before uh, a big uh, a big uh, complex where I don't know any of my neighbors. I mm. have no idea. I think I've seen neighbors, uh, people that I I live with maybe once or twice, but we just nod, just greet each other. Uh, I don't have any interest in getting to know them, nor they mm-hmm. with me, I'm sure. Mm. That's the beauty of living in the city, mm. in, a, in a building like mine. You don't there is no, the onus isn't on you to get to know them because I think people sign up for this. Right. I think people like the city um, uh, Anna anonymizes you. Right. You're you're anonymous. It allows yes. for more distance from others, and I know this can lead to you know isolation, loneliness, one of the causes, leading causes of depression. I'm sure in modern times, uh, but I think overall, if you're uh, in my case, I I'm I'm perfectly fine to have my friends, have my own networks, and and not want to have anything to do with my neighbors. I don't want to have mm. that time. I don't have the time. I'd rather come home and decompress from my day, right. or even just live in my just live like I'm working remotely, and it's per- I'm perfectly fine not having any contact with my neighbors. Mm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think one of the things, one of the aspects of living in a, a huge city like Tokyo is that there's so many people that you're constantly putting on, what, what the hell are those things called that horses wear? Horse blinders. You horse blind yourself because there's too much energy going on hmm. and you're you're confronted with so many people throughout the day that it's yeah. almost, I think, mentally impossible to interact with all these people all these people bumping up against you. So it's only natural that you would create these uh, networks that don't necessarily belong in the proximity that where you live. You might, by coincidence, have people that you know in your neighborhoods. But since the city offers so many outlets for entertainment and physical exertion or education, you don't really need the neighborhood to take care of you in the way that maybe 200 years ago you needed neighbors privacy too yeah i really value my privacy mm-hmm. and i'm sure uh, that's one of the reasons i don't like the idea of living in a rural area like you mm-hmm. because you've got so much responsibilities you've got so many responsibilities where you are mm-hmm. we're going to talk about garbage day Mm-hmm. As well, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> Talk about all sorts of associations and shit that you got to deal with living mm-hmm. in this area that you you've chosen to live to mm-hmm. live in, and I don't have any time for that shit. But mm-hmm. for people like yourself, you've got. I mean, you get some. Do you, you derive pleasure from that? Don't you? I don't know if anyone derives pleasure from it because <laughs> the, the countryside like a is... a sense of uh, connection, I mean, connection. I, I guess there's some sense of connection, but I think everyone is under the same strain that 
everywhere, no matter where you live in a city or countryside. Because, in fact, like I've mentioned this before, the, the city I live in is 700,000 people. That's by no means a small place. And what that means is that you are, people don't work in the neighborhood, you know, they don't, they don't work close to home oftentimes. And in fact, a lot of people are on these Tanshin Funin contracts, you know, these forced uh, relocations by their companies. So you have a mm. lot of, you might have a lot of neighbors, especially in apartment complexes where they're, they're suddenly thrust into this apartment because their company's asking them to, to basically told them to move to a, another branch and right. they'll be there two or three years. And, you know, if they're suddenly also then have a double responsibility of having being part of some neighborhood association suddenly with almost no connection to the, the place, that can be a, a really big burden. Not not only people who move to that neighborhood, but people who have been there generations upon generations, you know, they might have a, a job, you know, they probably have a job and it could be two, mm. two hours away commute. So then the wife or maybe probably more, more likely than not, the wife then might take up the responsibility for these um, responsibilities. And it can be a total pain in the ass because what, you have a lot, little small kids and then you got to find time to figure out where the kids are going to go while you're doing some stupid ass meeting at the neighborhood association building. Uh, and you got to, you know, your responsibility for a traffic guard or taking care of the trash or recyclables. There, you know, the, the reality is this, is that everyone's in the modern world right now. What the modern world necessitates is city-like structures of social organization. But the what, what has happened, though, is that places that call themselves the countryside are then inundated with the past and the future. They're, the modern time is the past and the future combined. The 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 future of work all over the place and these extended connections via the internet or other either older modes of uh, communication from 20 or 30 years ago and and the responsibility of what people experienced two to three hundred years ago so it's a double-ended pain in the ass what i was thinking about while you were talking is that you're right modern times um in a in an urban area, we're also blessed with e-commerce. Mm-hmm. We're blessed with the fact that we don't have to live. If, if there's anything I've learned about this fucking pandemic, this coronavirus, is that mm. we, especially with jobs like mine, yeah. I don't have to have any face-to-face interaction. Right. And I, I'm perfectly served by online... Um, Online sites like uh, like Amazon and Uktan, I can have food delivered to my house or groceries or anything I, I need. I can live mm. anywhere in Japan, anywhere right. in the world, actually. But I choose mm. to live in Japan. But mm. I'm not limited by by the fact that I that if I'm in some, you know, bumfuck part of Japan where there's no, you know, there's no uh, economy, there's no way to actually make a living. But you can online. Online mm. is the being online is the great equalizer. Right. So when it comes to neighbors, I could probably get the best of both worlds. I could still live in a rural community and just not, you know, not not have to. Well, I don't know. Let me ask you that. If I mm. do choose to move to a place like where you're living in a rural part of Japan, is it incumbent upon me to meet my neighbors when I when I really would venture outside when everything's nope. delivered to me? Nope. You don't. So I don't to. have to. Hmm. Okay. It's not necessary, and in fact, you don't have to. There's no. There's no nece- There's no mandatory nature to neighborhood associations. If you don't want to pay the seven hundred yen a month to join the thing, uh, you then don't your, need your to. house gets broken into. <laughs> your house gets broken into, and you're subject to random cross burnings. Your 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 cat Strangely or your dog enough, gets yeah. murdered. Yeah. <laughs> No one, you know. Well, um, let me ask. Well, okay. I know, evolutionarily speaking, mm. we're supposed to have a close knit community. We're supposed right. to live in these tribes. We're supposed to have face to face interaction. Mm. I know, just through 
the many biologists, evolutionary biologists, psychologists, uh, other people who I who I listen to. I listen to podcasts and audio books about uh, like where depression comes from, and a lot of it comes down to just us being isolated and not having that face to face interaction, mm. and not being able to uh, just losing all sense of of empathy, and that that disconnection is what drives a lot of these these bouts of depression among many many people so right. i think uh, i'm just you know, it's a thought experiment for myself if i did uh-huh. live i don't like uh, like i said i like the concept of neighbors i like and and dislike okay. i love and hate it i think if you've got a great relationship with a neighbor who shares your values who isn't a busybody who isn't up in your you know up in your face trying to you know demanding your attention if you if you're lucky enough to have that kind of neighbor then great you know i, I but i think why take the risk because <laughs> mm. <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you're going to come across neighbors who are complete assholes um well, yeah but but how many like, in japan compared to in america yeah japan is a, is a homogenous country the culture it's homogenous you're japanese mm. you you look japanese you act japanese you speak the language mm-hmm. foreigners stand out like a like a sore thumb mm. so it's the foreigners i mean i'm sure if you are the type who would love neighbors perhaps japan may not even be the country for you mm-hmm. uh because of the subtle discrimination and uh, uh casual racism which we're going to cover in another mm. podcast the casual discrimination mm. that goes on here but uh the the point i'm trying to make is if you come to japan as a foreigner and you're blonde blue-eyed or you don't look asian then you're going to be in more you're going to have more encounters with your neighbors which probably doesn't reflect reality on the ground does that make sense I think it can go both ways. I mean, it, there might be an expectation in certain communities that you wouldn't take part in anything and no one really wants to get in your grill about things. And then there might be other places where there might be a lot more interaction because you're foreign. So I think it can go in both directions with that. So it's just the um, luck of the draw. Hmm. If you if you if you come over here and you've got like an affinity for being in close contact with your neighbors and you know asking your neighbor for a cup of sugar or whatever the old fucking outdated term is for right. <laughs> yeah. whatever qualifies as a good neighbor uh, right. if you come out, if you come to Japan with those expectations you may be bitterly disappointed mm-hmm. or like you said uh, you could be in the situation where your neighbors are amazing mm-hmm. and it's exactly what you wanted out of life right but i'm trying to what i'm trying to pinpoint is mm-hmm. like i, I want to make a sweeping generalization okay. that's what i'm trying to do here i want to make okay, a, I want to make a generalization that's going to like broad uh, like broad sweeping and uh, i want to you know i want to stereotype this country and i want you to help me do it okay <laughs> people love jesus <laughs> and if you're not on board with that you're not going to get along with anyone that's just the bottom line i think that's south korea isn't it i don't know what those people are doing south korea i think they're pretty fucking christian yeah, um, i heard about that too yeah they're pretty christian the uh but the japanese no i think uh you're in the minority if you are uh if you do believe in jesus christ uh, in fact, we recommend watching Silence so you get a better idea of what they think about Christians. <laughs> I mean, it is a period piece. <laughs> um, it, it can be, you know, hit and miss. And, and, you know, you're talking about Tokyo. You live in Tokyo. What neighborhood of Tokyo, what area of Tokyo do you live in? Minatoku. Minatoku. And is that near yokohama side no uh well actually it's quite clo- uh, um you could take a train to yokohama in about uh 35 40 minutes okay it's a really great area i like i like mm. this area um it's what, close what big to, stations are near it yeah 
Uh, what have we got? We've got like Gotunda, Ebis. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got. Um, we go, Ebis. We got no. We've got some. It's it's amazingly convenient. In fact, oh, mm-hmm. sorry, don't don't uh, take my word for Ebis. I can't remember if it's on the border or not. But oh, Gotanda okay. definitely is Minatoku. Um, we have access to. We've got like a lot of different train stations giving us access to many different points around Tokyo. And I'm actually loath to mention it because I don't want too many people coming here. So I might edit this out. <laughs> um, I, might, I might edit it out. I don't want too many people coming here. Uh, Mi- Minatoku is... Uh, don't worry. I, mean, I think you're oversaturated at this point. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when I lived in Tokyo, for the majority of the time I lived in Tokyo, I lived in Kanamachi, and that area was known as Shitamachi. So Shitamachi is uh, basically, if you were to translate it, it mean like the old town. And the old town is kind of famous for being a place where neighbors are friendlier in general. People are more slow-paced. This kind of shitamachi area it might it might include Asakusa, which is famous Sensoji temples over there, Sumida Ward, and going all the way down into uh, Katsushika Ward, where I lived. And I had great experiences with my neighbors there. Mm. It was, uh, I lived there, what, two, two maybe four years and I'll tell you well, what. They're in the same age group as you or older, pe- Say, older same people? Same age group. Some people were older, but neighbors, right? The, we lived in a terrace house and the people right next door, they had a little kid and uh, they were, the parents were our age and we had lots of conversations. They were totally into Major League Baseball and they, they knew all the old 1980s Phillies players like Pete Rose and Mike Schmidt and shit like that. So we got along, we got along like gangbusters over there. And we'd have takoyaki parties and go for walks in the park and shit like that. And it was really nice. And in fact, the, the hanko, the, the stamp seal that I have now, was made by one of my neighbor's friends. And he's just like, oh, you need a new stamp? Oh, my, my old friend has that. And I went out drinking with them uh, uh, maybe once or twice. And then I had some other old, na- actually, neighbors my age that I still kind of keep in contact occasionally now but uh they uh started off as english t i started started off teaching them english but then it kind of just faded off into being friends and they had a little kid they have two little kids and my wife and i would go over there occasionally and sometimes we'd go out to Nizakaya together and it was really really nice it was like it was the most normal neighborly experiences i've had in japan which do you still keep in in touch with them occasionally they're you know facebook friends at this point but Mm. um they are really they were really down to earth and really easy to get along with and it was just a really nice neighborhood to be in because even you know i had experiences walking from the big park mizumoto park uh back to my apartment and it started to rain and some little old lady runs out of her farmhouse and hands me an umbrella Oh, you know, that's yeah, nice. that kind of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I open up the, the window to my uh, terrace house on the first floor and I had to to, uh, to I don't know what the hell I was doing, but maybe opening a shutter or something. And there's a little neighbor, old lady uh, right behind in front of the window. Oh, hello. How you doing? Good morning. It was just an overall very nice, natural experience. It was laid back and very very familial yeah and even like going towards the station uh, where you know there's bicycle parking near the station and there was this old guy this old couple there in their 80s and uh, they they rented out bicycle parking spots and they were really nice to us everyone it was just a really nice experience to be in i i i, I haven't really reached that kind of uh, familial feeling si- since then even where I live at, as we call it the countryside where I live now it, it's a much more traditional conservative feeling but that Shitamachi area in Kanamachi was the most 
natural, comfortable place I've I think I've ever lived. When you say natural and comfortable, you're comparing it to where you come from in the states. Yeah. Uh, and how how would you describe natural and comfortable? Just people staying just out of your way, no busybodies, just people who are just kind, yeah. considerate. Right. Strike up a conversation if you have the time. Move mm. on. If not, you, yeah, they don't yeah, hold it against yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're living in the city. Right. So, and, and actually, the 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 neighbors that I had in the terrace house, there, the one guy was a factory worker, and he l- literally worked 200 meters away in some plastics factory down the street. So that was, you know, talk about like a s- close proximity to work. And um, the other neighbors who lived a little bit farther, maybe a few hundred meters away, they worked in central Tokyo and actually started their own company for the Tokyo Olympics. They started um, a, you know, happy, like a traditional Japanese wear. Mm. Uh, and uh, they put up their own website and stuff like that. So they're, I think they're doing well. It, so you can have those types of experiences. That sounds like the best of both worlds. Yeah, it is. You're living in the Stamachi. city, and mm. you've got like the same sensibilities of living in the countryside. I mean, right. neighbor, the neighbors have the same sensibilities as if you were in the countryside. That sounds uh, amazing. It, yeah, it was really, really great. That that was that was probably uh, as far as human relations is concerned. That was the best place I've ever lived. Into, wow, in that's yeah. quite a statement. Yeah. Uh, you know, where I live now is really nice, and I enjoy it because I was able to buy a house, and, you know, it, it, I'm close to nature and things like that. But that place, Kanamachi, where we live near that... But r- the neighbors r- are r- assholes, yeah, is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. Well, they're, they're more intrusive. They're more... Where I live now, the people are more countryside, slow thinking. Like the, especially the older people. For example, my my neighbor who's really close by, like, uh, they we we have we don't have a fence bordering our our house against the other house, but we have a little garden, and yeah. The one of the older dudes who lives with his uh, younger family, they have a kind of like a a nisetai which is a double house dual house living situation and he's gotten into gardening and he'll try to tell us what to do in our garden and then but my, what my wife doesn't like is that sometimes we'll come back and there'll be things sitting in our garden like little mm. s- little things that he's given us but mm. he didn't ask like to walk into our like um little uh, ties, little green ties to wrap around poles and vegetables. Like if you have a vegetable that's growing, oh, that's really quite tall. convenient. Yeah. That's so, nice. You know, but my wife freaks out about it because she doesn't want people walking in the garden. Ah, yeah, it's your, it's your space. It's your personal yeah, it's space. Our space. But to me, I grew up in the countryside and yeah. to me, that's just, to me, I'm using this word again, natural. Right. That's what neighbors do. It doesn't matter. As I, as I, these neighbors aren't coming, going into your house, right? They're Making themselves a house. cup of they're tea. Just on the Making yard. themselves like a coffee <laughs> yeah. in your house. And nah, they're not doing anything <laughs> like that. It's just, you know, we, because there's no fence there, you can just walk right onto our yard. But, mm. and we, we have a little, uh, a little, what do you call it? A little storage bin. And on I, top of the bin, you put stuff. And I'm like with that. your, mm. I'm, I think I'm with your wife on this. Yeah. I don't want you yeah, invade, yeah. encroaching upon my fucking territory like that. You know, well, where uh, uh, you know, my home, this is my home, and right. uh, you've encroached upon it without my say, without me knowing about it. So I think I'd be on red alert. Well, the thing is, is like she, my wife grew up in the suburbs uh, in Saitama mm. Prefecture. And w- she had a, you know, to give you an example of what that's like, she had a piano, a stand-up piano in her living room, and she played piano a lot. But the neighbors would complain, why is your daughter playing that piano? It's too noisy. And so right. she had to stop playing this incredibly expensive 
instrument you know yeah because the the neighbors would complain of piano noise and you know so you have to you have to be wary of proximity that's a thing that you have to be wary of in japan you're not you're never really that far away from your neighbors right. yeah and so you have to be wary of noise and that can be a total totally ridiculous thing this leads me into the most ridiculous neighbor i ever had okay which which was a few years ago and we lived in this place. It was another terrace house, and it was actually three floors. But it was made by this company called... Was this in Dai- Saitama? No, no, this is in uh, the area that I live now. Oh, um, yeah. But um, it was made by... A, the, the apartments were made by a company called Daito Kentaku. And they're, they're a house builder, but they make incredibly inexpensive furn- places that look really nice. And what I mean by inexpensive paper thin walls, you know, just so thin, you can hear so much shit going on and it can that can be a nuisance. Like if you find a place that's really cheap and the the walls are paper thin, that's going to that could really cause a strain on your neighborly relations. And this there's this woman, this family and the wife was so passive aggressive. But what was ironic? Okay, I'll explain these things. Oh, okay. She was uh, she was passive aggressive, and at the same time, her job was spiritual advisor. She was a passive aggressive spiritual advisor. It was totally ridiculous. For example, yeah, I'm sorry, I cut you off with your question. How? So my wife and what's custom in Japan is. when you have a futon you take the futon out and you put it on your veranda and you smack it it out yeah you air out and you smack it and that's just what you do so my wife would open up the thing and the woman would be on the phone and then she'd hear this sigh why the hell do you have to do that now and then she'd go on talking on the phone blah 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 is it in the morning or afternoon or just afternoon yeah like she's just being she and she would constantly do these ridiculous things, but my at one point it was really annoying because we could hear them, but at the other point it was fun to hear them because she was a spiritual advisor. How many people in the family? I think they had two kids and husband, so there's four people in the house. Yeah, so and a real the, a real hypocrite saying that she's a spiritual advisor helping people. With their chakra or whatever, with their uh, like, try to achieve enlightenment, and mm-hmm. and she's complaining about your wife uh, airing out Doing, her futon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just totally ridiculous. No amount of peace, no amount of peace in her life. <laughs> she, what she would do is, and another thing, like we we don't like smokers, and she would smoke on the veranda, and that would go wow. right into our apartment. No matter yeah. even if you close the window, it doesn't matter; yeah, it just yeah, goes in yeah. through the vent or whatever. But what she would do is, she would do massage. She would her clients were people like young guys in their twenties and thirties, and then much older people like in their fifties and sixties. She's working and out of her house, out of her house, so oh, we could wow. hear. My wife could hear everything this person was saying she would say the most absurd stupid shit to 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 our clients but first they would do a massage don't you need like uh, are there sort of regulations in place to prevent someone from working out of their house which is with these paper thin walls i don't know i think you would know better than me you're the one working out of your house yeah i've got really thick walls as well i don't i don't hear shit yeah but in any case, she would take her the, her client after the massage and sit them outside while she smoked and pontificated. And it was mm. like, I can't remember all the details, but there's one, I was just asking my wife about this. There's this one client who's like, how do, you, how do you know so much about ghosts? It's like, oh, okay. Oh, this is going to yeah. be good. And she just says very flippantly, well, you know, like, what I do is I just go to the temple and I just can feel it. I can feel yeah. the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like she said stupid shit like that 
all of the time. So at one, I was very conflicted with living next door to these people because at one point it was really irritating my wife. But at the other point, I loved hearing the ridiculous shit that they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> how long? How long were you there? We only lived there nine months because wow. we were just we have to get fuck out of this place. Yeah, it, it's it's so. And they were also kind of this brand of Japanese. I don't know. What I'm calling brand, but Yankee type. The Yankee. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yankees are like these types of like they're kind of like gang oriented people yeah. but they can also yeah. have families right and they grow up and they just they, they it's very structural si system of it's almost like i don't even know how to compare it in in western terms but basically they they have a very specific sensibility about uh relationships that they'll speak kego to each other but they'll use the worst japanese to people that they don't know mm. so they're very cloistered in that sense Right. And they can, they're known to be, when they're young, they're no, known to be kind of violent. They'll drive hot rods and they'll soup up their cars and shit like that. And they're noisy on the street. And they can be overall, overall and generally, generally rude to you. But, and then they have families. So it's. Just, it's just, just quickly, it reminds me of living in Kumagaya. When mm -hmm. I was living in Kumagaya for at least a year or two years, there were. These yakuza-looking guys I would see at the station, mm -hmm. and they would. There was a shinkansen or a bullet train. So shinkansen means bullet train. So there's a bullet train in Kumagaya, and what I heard from other people, I was uh, you know, people in the area, Japanese at bars that I was drinking at, and uh, they told me they said, "Oh yeah, this is where many of the mafia have families, but they take the shinkansen into work." into Shinjuku and uh, Kabukicho to conduct their business. And then mm. at the end of the day, they take the same Shinkansen back to Kumagaya. So they create this, you know, this division of distance between their criminal life in Shinjuku mm -hmm. versus their family life. Right. So I noticed, yeah, I noticed that they're like walking by, because there's a real, you know, very countryside area mm -hmm. and I, I would notice these fucking ferraris and fucking like really like these luxury cars outside these little you know these little um garages mm -hmm. and i think that doesn't add up to me <laughs> you're like right next to like this farmer <laughs> that's, that's another thing about about japan about japan yeah. is you've got like the like, it's not like America or or even to a lesser extent New Zealand where there's a whole areas where there's a class like you can see like a subtle class difference in New Zealand. In America, mm -hmm. it's more obvious that there's yeah. a class difference. We have money and don't have money, but in mm -hmm. Japan, you can't tell. You really can't tell who has money and who doesn't unless you come yeah. to Tokyo. You live in one of the the fancy areas, but otherwise, right. you don't know who you're living next to. Right, uh, most of the time. And that's that's funny that you bring that up because right overlooking the verandas that I, I at that house that I lived in that terrace house I lived in directly across the street was a gigantic red brick two story three story house and the first floor was a gigantic garage and my wife said sometimes she's hanging up you know coincidentally hanging out the the uh, futon some days and it'd be a lot some days lines of cars. Rolls Royces, Ferraris, every kind of expensive car. They were a mm. Yakuza right across the street. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and it was complete, like you said. And the thing is, I, I talked to uh, co-workers about it. And he said, yeah, the, the Yakuza have control over that neighborhood. They take control of it. Not like, hey, they're not standing in the middle of the street with a baseball say, hey, where are you from or whatever the hell like right. that. But yeah. they, they, they used to have control of certain commodities that mm. were made in that area. And so the, they, they continue to remain in that and they built up certain things. We, we like I said, we, we moved out of that place after about nine months. And then we just took a we where where the neighborhood we live now. We moved into a mansion in the neighborhood we live now and it's completely different flip side, 10 minute walk. And then my wife had someone to talk to during the day. <laughs> and yeah. we were friendly with them and when we moved into our new house they helped us out well, i wanted to build a little terrace in my yard and they 
their family owned uh, a stone masonry shop and they gave me some stones that they didn't use they weren't going to use and they just gave it to me for free so I could build a little a little thing there and it just completely you just walk 10 minutes and you'll have a completely different experience yeah and I, I think that's you know it's block to block na- neighborhood to neighborhood can you can just have a completely flip-sided experience so yeah so I guess the uh, I, the point the point of uh touching upon this t- this subject of yakuza is you never know who you're living next to so be careful but actually yakuza aren't gonna bother you well that's why we are well the thing is just be polite just be polite and civilized yeah, because yeah. you uh, like like in kumagaya i thought it was just a really bumpkin kind of town until you notice what people are driving and even though they're next to you or certain areas are not they don't look like they're um these like enclaves of rich areas they just blend in and there's mm-hmm. a reason for that they mm-hmm. blend in to regular regular neighborhoods so you mm-hmm. really don't know um that's the point that i'm trying to make is that mm-hmm. um i think in a mansion if you're living in a mansion then yeah as the chances of actually coming across the yakuza is very limited depending on where the mansion is some parts in Roppongi, maybe Kabukicho. There are certain hotspots which you probably should take care of of how you treat, in terms of how you treat your neighbours. But, um, but yeah, I'm willing think, to bet if you're if you're yeah. nice and you're you're civilized, you can't get into any trouble. And with yakuza, mm. you're not going to stand on their feet unless you're in their business. If you yeah. are, in, <laughs> if you do come over with uh, ambitions that encroach upon. The you know if you stand on some yeah, of these guys' cloistered, cloistered world, yeah. Isn't mm. it? So yeah, you're right. You're right about you're not going to have a problem with them unless you're in their business. Mm. Then you're in trouble. Mm. Construction, for example, or um, we we've talked about this before, but we're going to do another. Yeah, we're going to do a podcast on it. Uh, but pet, the pet industry as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there are certain industries which you might want to be. Uh, a little wary of yeah i mean as far as neighbor as far as being a neighbor they're not they're just you're just yeah, no they're going to be very cars, polite yeah. and nice they're yeah. going to be really nice to you it's just going to they don't want to create they don't want to create any attention you know they don't want to draw attention to themselves either mm. they just see you'll just see a bunch of fancy cars in the driveway basically yeah it's it, so you know you can run the gamut of people religious people yakuza you can run into you know fucking spiritual, spiritual advisors <laughs> just yeah there's so many there's such a range of things right now where i live there's a lot of old retirees who uh take care of the gardens across the street or whatever the hell and there's you know there, there's a, a guy old guy in his 80s who i see ride his bicycle by and he'll Oh, you wanna you want some flowers? I'll put in your garden there. You know, oh, okay, thanks. I'll put them in there, and we'll talk a little bit. And um, there was a, you know, it was just kind of nice neighborly garden talk most of the time when I interact with neighbors now. Uh, mostly old dudes who are have nothing else to do but you know sit around and talk about gardening and shit like that. My other closest neighbor likes to do barbecues, but I don't really have any deep connection with the them so they just have their little little to do's outside and you know it's not really uh that that much of a not much interaction really aside mm. from those little small talk about gardening uh there of course there are the as we mentioned the, we teased ahead of time these uh neighborhood associations which basically developed out of world war ii the and, government found a necessity to make everybody part of the world the war effort so they created these neighborhood association building uh, buildings all around neighborhoods in japan and so people even uh, i you know at the local level could feel a part of the the effort uh, in the in the war and they even when the war ended the those associations continued and a lot of the the work that you do in these things is basically 
what would be considered by in America the job of municipal employees, which is organizing recyclables and mm. uh, organizing right. sports festivals, like the neighborhood sports festival, connecting all kinds of ne- different neighborhoods together. Last year, I participated in that. It's four thousand people. Jesus, and this is all based on quote unquote volunteers of neighborhoods yeah. coming together to make these events happen. Uh, and then uh, the days days out of the year for uh, disaster training. Yep. And then, of course, the recyclables, very different from Tokyo because it's only twice a month, one day for paper and one day for aluminum and glass and shit like that. And if you're part of the... If you're if it's your year to be part of the block leader, if you're a block leader in a certain year, you have to wake up at six thirty in the morning, go down to the neighborhood association building and make sure everyone's separating all their glass and plastic and steel colored glass and all that shit correctly. And then a, a truck comes by and picks it up at seven thirty in the morning. So, you know, th- there's a lot of things that. Uh, yeah, I told you I don't have to worry about that. I've got yeah. this little. uh Garbage or yes, yeah, little little box or little little room outside our uh, outside this building I'm living in. So everybody mm-hmm. just throws their shit in there, right? And it's so easy. Mm. No more thinking about like uh, separating. Uh, yeah, re- re- thinking about recyclables. Of course, you know, put you know at least put the cans and bottles into one bag, then throw it in. Mm-hmm. So I haven't I haven't seen anybody. Uh, being that much of a dick and putting right, <laughs> putting right. burnables in with like plastic and cans, so but it's just so disorganized, right? Because I thought that, yeah, I guess if you're left to your own devices with no one's watching you, Japanese mm-hmm. are just like the rest of us. It's like but yeah, it, whatever. Uh, don't you fuck have, off. I mean, it's Tokyo, right? Isn't <laughs> it's Tokyo? So you have different color bags for things, right? What are you talking about? The different color bags. When I lived in Tokyo, it was always like the red bags for this, yellow bags. There's the blue bags. It's all kinds of shit. We have no, no. With. I'm saying if you're living in a mansion, you have mm. this, this uh, building. So you don't have color bags. You have this building outside mm. where you open the door and it's very mm. private, secure. You just throw your shit in there anywhere, anywhere you want. So you don't have any separation. I think there's separation in there, but no one, like. So you don't have colored bags or anything? That you, but you live what in you, Tokyo. Why? Why? But this is a little room. This is a this is a building. This is a this is a prefab. This is a building outside the mansion which I live. So I go outside and I go outside and there's a and you walk maybe ten meters and there's a building. There's a little small room for your rubbish for your garbage. And everyone in my building goes into this little this garbage this garbage house and throws their rubbish in there. And then With the garbage no, delivery man has to come in mm-hmm. and then go into this room and take out the garbage. Okay, so that sounds ridiculous because even when I lived in Tokyo, uh, there were I never lived in a mansion, but when you had to put your garbage on the street, you had different color bags. That's the difference on the street. Yeah, is that you you'd be so, held accountable. So someone but not actually when you've had got to go like a room mm-hmm. that's dedicated to your rubbish and no one. But that's there's still no ridiculous. security camera in there. Mm. I think that's ridiculous because you're not. You, there's no responsibility on the individual to separate their garbage. You're just right. throwing shit into. A, uh, well, seat. of course, it and was. I mean, people like, for example, in my case, I separate my cans and my bottles and my burnables, and I got these separate bags. And mm-hmm. uh, there are spaces in this little room for where you put the burnables and the uh, the cans, and also got the cardboard boxes which you fold mm-hmm. up and you put into a nice pile. So mm-hmm. at the start of the week, it always looks very organized, but by the mm-hmm. middle of the week, it's always—it's just a jumbled mix. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a mess because I would open the door, and there are these these fucking garbage bags right near the door. No, they didn't even mm-hmm. bother walking in to, <laughs> to mm-hmm. create space for anyone. And right, then that's right, what right. made me think that Japanese are just like the rest of us, lazy oh. as fuck. If you can get oh. away with it, Japanese are just as lazy as Westerners. Oh. Yeah, that's not my experience with recyclables at all in Tokyo. I mean, well, me too. When the, I wasn't uh, living in a mansion, a, yeah, yeah. The, the the whole mansion thing that sounds. Uh, but but at the same time, there is if they have an employee that's actually going out of their way to actually do the job of separating stuff, 
I could see how that could make sense. But the, the, the attention to detail that I've come across is just so, so much more than anything I've ever seen in America. But I haven't lived in America in 20 years. But, you know, the, the red bag and the yellow bag and the blue bag and this day and that day and uh, just, you know, I, I, that's that's the experience that I've had in the Tokyo in in Tokyo, where whereas where I live now it's just you know uh, a lot, it's just a strange system, just a weird system, but um, yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's on that sounds kind of crappy, I mean as far as like no, I don't I don't care, being, uh, but <laughs> I mean, it's easy for me, like, it's convenient for me, but but as far as like you know having a recycling mindset. Like I wonder what's actually going on in that thing. Is it are things being separated? There's no separation whatsoever. Maybe there's no. Well, there's areas within this garbage building. This little. It's uh -huh. a small building. It's about uh, uh, I don't know, like f five, six steps, six, seven feet across, three mm -hmm. or four feet wide, and uh, there's different sections where you put the boxes. The folded-up boxes, another area for cans and bottles, another area for burnables. But uh, maybe one... It could just be the case that there are a couple of people in my complex who don't give a fuck and mm -hmm. then just throw their fucking garbage in and then everyone just follows suit. Right. Because yeah, that, that was that. my response. Mm -hmm. as, soon as, mm -hmm. I opened the, as soon as I opened the door and there are garbage bags there, I'm not going to organize it because I'm getting nothing out of this. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to organize it for whoever the fuck, you know, the garbage man who's coming. Just uh, everybody just, uh, yeah, just starts throwing their shit in there. Um, yeah, that's just. Yeah, the, I just, I just think that, you know, just hearing that, I find it, I, I don't know why, but I, I find it offensive. To who? To to society as a gen in general. <laughs> just like. Really? <laughs> because everyone is trying everyone is like like at my school like there's there's the plastic bottles and the cap the cap trash bag and then at supermarkets there's these lines of recyclable things where it's like you put your pet bottles here and you can put your aluminum cans there and over there and then the the whole the color bag I've got a, I've got a good analogy I got a good yeah, analogy yeah. for you it's mm -hmm. like during a pandemic where everybody's like wearing their masks and then you find like some fucking asshole who isn't wearing it and wearing his mask mm. and is coughing all over the all over the train. Mm. Someone it doesn't work if we're not all doing it for a pandemic. Yeah. But right. but in the case of the example I gave you about this little rubbish house, I think it mm. just proves that if no one's watching, if there's no accountability, whereas Japan is big about like uh losing face, right? Mm -hmm. Public shaming. So, yes, if if you are caught, then uh, there is some level of... Uh, there's a stigma attached to that, and Japanese do mm. not want that stigma. But right. if, you're, if you're able to get away with it in this little fucking garbage uh, room, which is what mm. I've seen so far over the last couple of years, mm. is that uh, I'm, I'm the only foreigner living in this building, right. at least that I know of. So I don't think there's other foreigners who are just throwing their shit in there. I think it's just just a couple of Japanese who who uh, who are like the rest of us. Rest, mm -hmm. you know, people who are just like, well, um, I'm just going to follow suit. If someone doesn't give a fuck, then why should I? And then they mm -hmm. just throw their shit in there without any uh, uh, any repercussions. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense, and I understand what you're saying. It's just that everyone else is working so hard to separate the goddamn recyclables. <laughs> yeah, and no, it's just I, like I, I, I completely I, agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it is. It's just like, but that doesn't reflect the reality in the in uh, the building I'm living in. Mm. And who knows how many other mansions are like this? But the thing is, uh -huh. the the garbage guys who come over, uh, who mm -hmm. who who visit these little, um, these buildings, these little rubbish mm -hmm. buildings, they, it's all. I mean, they could always complain to management of the building, mm -hmm. and right. refuse to come and collect rubbish. So I don't think it's ever gotten that far. Mm -hmm. 
It hasn't, you know, but, they I mean, could probably I, I guess, make complaints. Uh, I'm being unnecessarily angry about this, but um, I, I, I just imagine that they're probably separating. I mean, that that guy's job is just so whoever does that separating has a, just spends a longer amount of time trying to divide Outside my building. Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, but um, we, should all, we should all like everyone in my building should just chip in and give him an mm. like, extra tip. Yeah, I'm sure he gets. That's what he's paid for. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's paid to actually separate it. But uh, well, yeah. So yeah. that's neighbors for you. Yeah, we've covered we've covered an episode. We're mm-hmm. uh, we we went into to garbage. Garbage collection. Mm-hmm. We actually thought about <laughs> making a whole episode about garbage. So who knows? We may we may come yes. back to this topic because we spent uh, at least a good ten minutes on 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 garbage, mm-hmm. and uh, pissed you off. I, I've pissed yeah, you off maybe. talking about my situation. Yeah, just, just. I feel I feel like someone with coronavirus without a mask, yeah. and I'm just spreading yeah. it like coughing on people. <laughs> That's the way you you reacted I, when I told you I about really, my situation. Uh, I don't even really think I should be that angry about it. It's just I I, I, I think I'm probably so angry. much, and you're getting away with fucking. Uh, like, you're just I think i just all my hard I, work. I must be. I think I'm just angry about other things, and I'm just misplacing my anger on recyclable. <laughs> building thing uh, i'm sure there's a logical flow whatever the hell happens there uh all right well yeah until next time okay bye-bye bye